Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Thunder Chats, here with another word from our sponsors, BetOnline.ag. The only people that get off this time of year are pro athletes and us at BetOnline. With NFL, bowl season, and NBA in full swing over the holidays, BetOnline isn't taking a second off to make sure you have all the up-to-the-second odds, news, and info. BetOnline has all the sports wagering info available you need with both desktop and mobile access. Head there today to get into the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV, that's capital letters BLEAV, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top Thunder. Is that what it is? Yeah, I guess it is. Top of Thunder Podcast. I am your host, Don Zinger at Thunder Chats. We are part of the Believe Network. This podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Uh, yeah, this is just me, so this is going to be a little bit of a throwback little Thunder Chats. Oh! <coughs> yeah, I'm not going to scream. <laughs> My voice is still a little bit in and out uh, after the crazy weekend that we had uh, in Oklahoma City for the Top of Thunder fan event. Um, thank you all to who... Thank you to all who came out and participated in uh, the people that we saw at the Blazers game, uh, the people that came to the meetup prior to the Magic game, the people that was at the Magic game, people who got to do the post-game festivities. Uh, it, it was just a really, really fun weekend. It was, it was an absolute blast. Uh, me and Jerry worked really hard on trying to get everything put together. Jerry more so on, like, the access side and me more so on, like, the – planning and scheduling side um so you know it was it was definitely a team effort on that front and then all the guys you know they chipped in like you know ideas and like brainstorming sessions as well so it it was really cool to see kind of the culmination of it all uh come together and you know it's a really fun event and you know as as you can tell by my voice uh i i I got it it was pretty wild like I, i got loud i was I was screaming and living and dying with every miss and make in the Portland Trailblazers game as we was pushing for the record. And I was screaming, going crazy, as Shea was just absolutely cooking. Uh, one of the top defenses in the league, no matter who they threw at him. Um, what is sad is that seems to be an afterthought uh, after these past couple of games in L.A. and the back-to-back in L.A. because the Thunder lost once again uh, to the Los Angeles Clippers, 128-117. Alex came on last night to, or not last night, the day before, to recap the Lakers game. And the difference is I did not watch this game. So kind of pulling back the curtain before we get into the game. Um, <laughs> me and my two friends, Alex and Trevin, if you were at the game, if you were at the meetup, you might have met them, you might have seen them. Um, they're like my two best friends in the world. And we drove to Oklahoma City this time because the first time I came to OKC in 2018, me, those two, and one of my other friends, Hayden, uh, drove all the way to OKC. Um, so we drove to OKC, got there at like 5 o'clock in the afternoon, game was at 7. 
went to the game, went to Airbnb, went to sleep, got up at like 5 o'clock in the morning and drove back. It was not a great experience for any of us. Like, I was fine because I got to see a Thunder game, but they didn't enjoy it. So the next time I went to OKC, which was this last fan event in which we played the Cleveland Cavaliers, it was our first, like, official, like, type of Thunder fan event, um, I was like, well, I'm fine. So I'm never making that drive again. It's miserable. Obviously, flying costs more money. I didn't ask them because I didn't know that they would want to. I didn't think that they would want to buy a plane ticket. Um, so then after, in the aftermath of me coming back from the trip, talking about the trip, they were both pretty butthurt that I didn't invite them. So I was like, all right, well, if you guys really want to go, then we can go. And, you know, I was telling them flight planes. I was like, well, why don't we drive? I was like, I don't like driving. For those of you guys who don't know, I drive for a living. So any extra driving that I have to do, I'm not down for. Um, and then they both said that they would pitch in the majority of the driving. I was like, well, if that's what you want to do. Um, neither of our vehicles, we felt comfortable taking across state lines. So we decided to rent a vehicle. Guess what? The cheapest vehicle that there was to rent was a Tesla Model 3. Uh, we had never drove a Tesla. We never owned a Tesla. We thought it'd be really cool. So we did that, and it was cool. It was, like, a really cool car. Like, it rides smooth. Uh, the autopilot is a lot of fun. Um, it, it's super intuitive, like, all the things you could do. But what sucks is you have to go to charging stations and take about 20 to 30 minutes, depending on how many people is at the charging station, to charge said, tes- charge said Tesla. Right? So... We had to go to, I believe, 10 charging stations on the way to Oklahoma. Kentucky to Oklahoma is already a 13-hour drive. You throw in the charging stations, that adds about an hour, hour and a half. So it uh, that wasn't great. Um, so anyways, we got there super late. Like I think like three and a half hours later than I had planned on getting there on Thursday. Obviously, we went through the whole week. It was a great time. Uh, we left at 8.30 in the morning on Sunday, we left Oklahoma City. And as you guys know, it started snowing, the winter storm came through, the blizzard, whatever you want to call it. And I I kid you not, that storm, that snow followed us all the way to freaking Kentucky. And so what was a normally a 13-hour drive, that was a 17-hour drive getting up there, turned into a, I kid you not, 28 hour trip going to the same charging stations that we went to before but just like the traffic was slower the conditions were worse it like we were we were still in oklahoma i believe at like five o'clock in the afternoon that day like it was absolutely ridiculous the guys were floored in the group chat um for the podcast group like jerry was like there's just absolutely no way like how are you guys just now in tulsa how are you not even out of oklahoma we didn't understand it either. We were just along for the ride. We was doing what we could do. But anyways, I got home at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon on Monday. And I had taken off Monday because, you know, it was going to be my recoup day. And I didn't really get a recoup. Um, Chelsea had had a – my wife had had a miserable weekend with the kids. So she, you know, kind of went to retreat. And, you know, I hung out with the kids. No big deal. I was happy to do it. It was a great time to see them. We had fun. We played in the snow. It was awesome. Um, the point to all this being, <laughs> I didn't, I, I was away from my family a lot longer than I wanted to be. So I decided not to watch the Lakers game. I decided not to watch the Clippers game. I decided not to podcast in either game. Um, but 
I guess we're so late last night, and specifically Alex stayed up late the night before to record a podcast for the other late game. Um, nobody really had it in them to podcast, so I woke up this morning, and I'm actually technically on call, but nobody's going to call me in, so I'm chilling at home today, <clears throat> and we actually did record something very special we're going to attach to the end of the pod, and you know... It's probably in the title, but I'll tease it after I get done rambling here. Um, but, you know, we we made the commitment in the beginning of the season to cover every game, to do like a post-game pod. So uh, even though I didn't get to see it, I'm going to do Boxcore Heroes. I'm going to talk about uh, based on what I've seen from Twitter, what I've seen in the box score, and uh, kind of give a breakdown of the game best I can. So here we go, single large item. Uh, first of all, we got to talk about Shade, man. So he had 19 points, two rebounds, four assists. No steals, two blocks, two turnovers, with six of sixteen from the field, over three from deep, seven of eight, seven of eight from the stripe, and minus nineteen. Um, I know that I said just Alex. I'm sorry, Tierney was on the pod uh, for the Lakers game as well too. I apologize. Uh, sorry, Tierney. <laughs> so I know whenever Alex and Tierney was talking about that Lakers game, they theorized that Shea was still hobbled. You know, we saw firsthand uh, the fall that he had um, with Jalen Suggs in the Magic game. And I said it looked like he literally did the stanky leg. And he finished the game to his credit. I think a lot of that was adrenaline driving him. Uh, we actually saw him whenever we was on the court doing the half-court shot. I yelled at him. I was like, Shay! And he looked back at me point. It didn't look like he was limping. So I thought he was fine. But based on these past couple performances – I think it's safe to say that it's bothering him a little bit more than what we originally thought. Now, it would have been nice to maybe rest him for the Lakers game. I know a lot of fans were calling for that so he could be fresh for the Clippers game. We did not do that. We elected to play him in both games. And, well, not only did it turn into a loss for the team, but it it was not great performances from Shea. Um, it's not great for the MVP campaign because Jokic and Embiid just put on an absolute show going against each other on the same night. So hopefully, you know, we have we have today and then we play the Utah Jazz tomorrow in Utah. We have a day off and we play the Timberwolves in Minnesota. And then we have two days off before we play the Trailblazers in OKC. So... It doesn't get a lot easier. The Jazz are playing really good basketball. I think I saw they've won nine of the last ten games. They're taking the playoff race right now, or play-in race right now. Timberwolves still number one team in the league, despite our best efforts. Um, so it doesn't get easier. I don't know if they plan to rest Shea. He wasn't even on the injury report for the Clippers game, so I would say he's probably going to play. And, you know, hopefully it's just something like, you know, maybe this day off does, like, world – for his rehab and his rehabilitation for this uh, injury or at least this uncomfortability. And, you know, he plays more like himself against Utah, gets another day off, and, you know, comes to play against the Timberwolves because that's going to be a huge game. Uh, I would like to see, of course, that game's not nationally televised. Why would it be? So, anyways, I digress. Um, I think Shea's going to be fine. Like, I'm not worried about Shea. I just hope that he has the time to, like I said, rehab that injury so we can get to seeing the Shea that we have 
you know, come known to see. Like, you know, he was normalizing 32-point games. Uh, he was doing – he's done it in, by the end of the third quarter, many games this season. Um, impacts in the game on the defensive end, which, you know, he had two blocks, but, you know, no no steals. And I heard somebody say that he was uh, – he had a very bad uh, one-game defensive rating, which, you know, those are flawed metrics. But, you know, they kind of speak to the story of, uh, you know, how he played in that game. So – uh, get better soon, Shay. We need you. Still need to be in our eyes. <clears throat> um, Chet, also struggling. Also a guy that um, Alex and Tierney talks about hitting the proverbial rookie wall. Had eight points, five rebounds, five assists, one steal, one turnover. Uh, was minus 14. Shot two of 10, 0 of 2 from deep, 4 of 6 from a free throw line. And <clears throat> the Clippers famously did not have Avika Zubac in this game. Miles Plumley. Is it Miles or Mason? It's Mason, sorry. Mason Plumley played in this game and apparently it was making life very difficult for Jet for Jet. Um obviously it could just be one of those days where the shot wasn't falling. I mean, you know, everybody has those. Shea has those. Um so I like I'm not worried about Chet. I I get the idea of it being a rookie wall. Um I, I don't know if it's a rookie wall. I think that he just matches up really bad with Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis kind of has his number, so to speak, um, you know, more so even than, like, the Joel Embiid's and the Nikola Jokic's of the world. Um, but in terms of the Plumwood game, I just think it was a bad shooting game. Um, looks like he had four fouls, could have gotten foul trouble early. So I'm not worried about Chet. Uh, it will be fun to see him match up against White Mark and then Walker Kessler and uh, John Collins and, you know, all the – all the many bigs that Utah has to offer uh, coming up again. So um, let's go to Lou Dort. 19.6 of 10 shooting, 5 of 8 from 3. Uh, one rebound, one assist. It just sucks when you waste, like, I mean, we, we wasted a lot of good performance. It's like, you know, we're, we're going to talk about Jalen Williams in a minute. But in terms of, like, the role players, Lou Dort shot very well. Um, Isaiah Joe came out of his slump. 15.6 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. Hit 5 of 6 from the 3-point line. Aaron Wiggins, much to the joy of many Thunder fans, got to play. Seven points, four rebounds, two assists, one steal, three or four shooting, one and one from deep. Misich, seven points, one rebound, two assists, three or four shooting. Kaysom Wallace, five points, two rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block. Two or four shooting, one or two from deep. I think I saw that he stripped Kawhi at some point in this game. Like, our role players came to play. Our role players really showed up in this game. And it sucks when you can't capitalize off that, when you lose in spite of that. So um, shout-out to the guys, you know, playing the role, you know, coming in, playing hard defense, knocking down shots, and giving us a chance. But, you know, whenever two of your best three guys struggle, like Shea and Chet did in this game, it's going to be hard to win. Um, but let's talk about Jalen Williams because he did something truly special. He is the other part, the less talked about part of the – Shea Paul George trade. Uh, obviously, Trey Mann was another part of that. <laughs> that was much less talked about. But <clears throat> Jay Williams had 25 points, three rebounds, seven assists. Uh, he was 10 of 14 shooting, two or three from deep, three or three from the stripe. I don't remember who calculated it. I saw it on the timeline, somebody talking about it. But I believe he had an 81 point something true shooting percentage against the Los Angeles Clippers. So you're talking about guys like Kawhi, Paul George. Terrence Mann, Russell Westbrook, like you're you're talking about a variety of defenders that they can throw at you, and it just didn't matter to Dub. 
Dublin's going crazy in this game. And, you know, it's it's really a shame that we wasted that performance. And, you know, talking about his performance and the role players, like, the Thunder shot really well in this game. Like, they shot 50-47-85 in this game. Um, and, you know, they still were unable to come up with the victory because Paul George, remember that guy? The guy that we, you know, there's a lot of uh, buzz on the trade about. Yeah, he went nuts. 38.7 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals. He hit 6 of 12 from the three-point line. And, yeah, man, he's he's been insane this year. He's been great. I've had him in a few parlays, uh, a couple PRAs, and he, he usually hits every one of them. So, yeah, I mean, Paul George is absolutely nuts. Uh, Kawhi, 16.6 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 block, 6 of 10 shooting, 3 of 4 from deep. I saw somebody say, I wish Kawhi would stop, shoot, stop hitting threes. I think I saw he was 3-3 three three in the first half. So, um, you know, whenever the Thunder – I mean, they hung around the whole game. But, like, whenever they were trying to, like, really cut into that lead, Kawhi just had answers. James Harden had a really bad game. <clears throat> 16 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists, 1 block. I, I shouldn't say real bad game. He had a bad shooting game. 5-14 shooting, 14 from deep, 2-2 two two from the stripe. And I'm just going to credit that to the Dorcher Chamber because, you know, famously Harden has rough games against Lou Dort. And, you know, he's kind of his nemesis is – like Dort's first nemesis, so uh, shout out Lou Dort. <coughs> I hope you're doing well. <laughs> Love you, and we hope you're doing well. Uh, King of the Prairie, Russell Westbrook, 11 points, four assists, four of eight shooting. Uh, he had a, oh two rebounds and one steal as well. Uh, he did not have his PRA. <laughs> I had him in a PRA for 20 and a half, I think, and obviously he just missed it, looks like, by three. So uh, shout out Russ, obviously, Thunder legend. And, you know, playing really well for the Clippers uh, in that bench role. Like, shout out to him for, you know, taking the step back in order to make things work out. Like, you know, you it doesn't get talked about enough. Like, that's that's a true leader. So, uh, in terms of <clears throat> team stats, you know, I always look at these because, you know, I have Jerry sitting in my mind. And it's like, who won the rebounding battle? Well, we didn't get crushed. 39-35, uh, to 35, the Clippers won. Uh, they won the offensive rebound battle by 3, 12-9. Um, the assist battle was a tie, 30-30, steals, 5-5. Five five. Clippers got 10 blocks to our 5. Um, we had two more turnovers than the Clippers. Then we turned the ball over 10 times. Fast break points was about even, 18-16. to 16. Points to the paint, 40-40. to 40. And let's see here. And trips to the free throw line, they only got to the line three more times than us. So there's not, like, any glaring thing other than the outlier performances of Shea and Chet, you know, really just struggling. Um, you know, obviously, Shea, with the injury, you know, seemingly hobbled um, version of Shea, and Chet maybe hit him the, the rookie wall, maybe, you know, just had a bad shooting. Uh, I expect both guys to play a lot better whenever we play the Utah Jazz tomorrow night. And I'm I'm not worried at all. I went and looked at the standings because I was worried. You know, we lost two in a row. I know the uh, the Wolves have been playing really well. Obviously, the Clippers have been playing really well. The Nuggets have been playing good. I think they just lost to the Sixers, though. So I went and looked at the standings. We're still, like, the two-seat in the Western Conference. Like, <laughs> I'm not worried. I can't tell you how much I'm not worried. I think that, you know, this team, I don't think they're hitting a wall or anything like that. I just think, you know, they're dealing with – you know, they're dealing with some injuries, and every team has to go through that in the NBA season. We've been very fortunate thus far, and, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like, knock on wood, I am knocking on <laughs> – I have two hands knocking on wood right now. Um, you know, 
these injuries aren't um, God, I lost my train of thought. It's gone. It's gone. Choo choo. Come back. Anyways, these injuries aren't like super circum like not circumstantial. God. Super impactful. That that's what I mean. Like Shay's not missing like games on games on games. Like he's playing through it. Obviously he's struggling through playing through it, but it's not bad enough that he has to sit. So we're still fortunate in that regard. But <clears throat> that's that's about all I got in terms of this game. You know, looking at it, you know, sorry, box score heroes. I'm sorry that I wasn't able to cover it in a more complete manner. Um, I promise I will be watching the Utah Jazz game. I'll be watching the Timberwolves game. I'll be watching pretty much all the games going forward. Uh, you know, it was just a situation where I hadn't spent enough time with my family. I hadn't gotten enough rest. I wanted to make sure that I was able to accomplish both of those um, off the heels of such a wild trip. So uh, I appreciate you guys um, understanding. And... Don't go away because the other side of this break, we're going to have a very special interview with friend of the pod, Yahoo Sports, NBA insider, I think senior NBA writer, Jake Fisher. Uh, he will be joining Alex and Cone to talk about um, the Thunder standing in the league, how other teams view Oklahoma City and their progress, and what the Thunder may or may not do at the trade deadline. So... All that and more on the other side of this break. And welcome into another episode of the Topic Thunder Podcast. Uh, I am your host today. My name is Alex um, at Alex Roig underscore MBA, uh, and I'm joined in by my co-host, uh, our our resident New Yorker, um, Cone, aka Three underscore Cone. Cone, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. Uh, you know, nice to be back up here in the city after what was a disastrous travel day back from OKC a few days ago. Uh, but you know, we made it back, uh, snowing out here, also raining, which I know you said is a kind of a similar case in Oklahoma city. So it seems like it's just going bad everywhere, but you know, made it back after Southwest tried to lose my luggage. We're here eventually. So I'm doing all right now. Hey man, we, 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 we are here and we are joined in, uh, by a special guest. So joining us today is a man that has single-handedly changed the way basketball is reported. A man who lets our imagination run wild with the smallest nuggets of scuttlebutt league-wide. Uh, he resides also in the Big Apple, and he is the author of Born to Lose, How the NBA's Tanking Era Changed the League Forever, uh, which is quite apropos because it kind of started, you know, went, coincided with the Thunder's uh, rebuild. Um, he has fought his way to the top of the NBA media world. We've rocked with this guy since he was with Bleacher Report and have lived vicariously through him and all his success. Um, that he's had and that it is now the senior NBA reporter for Yahoo Sports here to talk about the Thunder's options and we as we approach the trade deadline uh a man of the people the man who if this was Game of Thrones we would call him our our uh, master of whispers uh long time oh friend of the pod <laughs> Jake Fisher Jake how are you doing man? man 
that was, you know, my buddy Dan Devine, who's my co-host on No Cap Room, as the host of Divine Intervention, also on the Ball Don't Lie podcast feed. And every one of his guests, they all say to him, what a lovely intro, the best intro they've ever received. Honestly, Alex, that's probably the best. That's like the, yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. So I added some things in there, but of course I cannot take credit for that. That was Dylan. He is our resident intro writer, and he is great at that. Uh, but you know Thank our you time much. is short. No, all, all the support is very, uh, very appreciated. Hey, Thank you. And it well deserved for all of our guests. Well deserved, and we try to do. You know, we try to give the same intro hype for everybody. You know, gotta gotta hype up our guests. Uh, oh, well, but, now I don't feel so special. What the hell? Ah! Now I will say your intro was extra special. Uh, Alex okay. had a little right. bit. Of, okay. hey, you have a lot in there. <laughs> you have a lot more on your LinkedIn that we could add in there. Like some of these intros are very short because there's not a lot of you know a lot of stuff behind yeah. it. But yours, you know, you got a lot of you know backed up in there. Um, our time Thank is short. You. We know yeah. who you are, so let's just go ahead and dive in. Um, as far as you know how the thunder are seen around the league um are teams around the league surprised that the thunder have been this good this soon um is it like a situation where the where the teams are kind of like oh shit here we go you know the sam pressy did it again so what's your vibe you know what, what, what kind of vibe are you getting around the league uh in in regards to the thunder you know as it pertains to this season and how good they've been from jumping from last year i think the returns and what people have been saying about the Thunder has largely been centered around Chet. Like we saw Shea finish top five in, or me was top five in NBA voting, but he was first team all NBA last year. Like we saw that. We saw Jalen Williams do Jalen Williams things. I think the fact that last year the thought was, well, and then they're going to add this seven foot stretch five rim protector, you know, plus three point shooter on both sides of the floor to something that was becoming like a real, you know, threat in the, in the Western conference. And then Chet became like a borderline, like hall of fame level player, right from the jump on like certain analytic metrics. Like that's the thing I think that has really been the, the perception I'd say around the league, like everything else. I mean, it's not to dismiss everyone else. It's to say like everyone was already taken by how hard this team played for Mark Dang and all a year ago, how good Shea has been at just playing at his own pace, scoring from all three levels. I mean, I haven't checked the numbers, but at least anecdotally, it seems like he's more consistent from three point land this season. And then like you go down the list of like Isaiah Joe was a great story last year. Like I think the only real like, people are definitely surprised, but the only real difference that like, I keep hearing people being like, Oh, I wasn't expecting this. Just that, Chet is a Chet is arguably the rookie of the year. Like, forget about the co rookie of the year of Victor Ramanyama stuff. If you, if anyone thought that there'd be a different guy other than that dude who'd be the leader for rookie of the year halfway through the season, like, that's a pretty astronomical thing to even wrap your mind around. Yeah. I mean, the even as someone who was a huge believer in Chet, like, what he's been doing so far is, like you said, you take a look at the metrics. Some out there that like I know like yeah, EPM and stuff like that says like oh he's like a top five player on like both sides of the ball kind of stuff. It's it's been crazy and to watch them rise this fast to the point where you know we were optimistic as Thunder fans. It's like oh they could be a top six seed, but they're top three in the Western Conference right now and kind of in a similar vein. Do you get the sense that teams view the Thunder as like a legitimate title contender at this point, or do you think teams kind of see them as like oh they're still a year away? Maybe they make a big trade at the deadline and then they kind of reach that realm. 
Yeah, I think there's definitely a bit of a let's believe it when we see it in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But I think that's also from a standpoint of if you're – I mean, there's 11 other teams in the West right now who want to win games, right? So I think when you're with one of those teams, you start to look across the aisle and start to pick out ones that you can, like, put your finger down, you know? And so I think that criticism probably – is really more so from the, well, other teams are hoping that's the case. You know what I'm saying? Because it happened to Memphis previously. Like that's the most direct parallel I think you can make for what this particular Thunder rebuild and how they've arrived, let alone like the direct synergy of them both being the two seed. Like that's what Memphis was, right? They got the two seed, they got the two seed, and now it's OKC in that spot. Um, And Memphis never really did anything with it, you know? And – all of a sudden, John Moran has whatever the hell happens to him off the court, misses 25 games of the suspension, torn labrum, and, like, this is a season from hell all of a sudden for Memphis. And, like, your window, it probably isn't closed, but it doesn't look as wide open and, like, sturdy as it did, you know, seven months ago. So I think that's – it's more of just like a we'll believe it when we see it type of thing just because that, this is like a fraternity where you're going to have to earn your stripes. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, um, as far as the Thunder, like you talked about Memphis and you talked about Memphis, like what they did, you know, they had some issues with with jaw and they didn't draft quite as well. But then also on the periphery, they didn't really make too many moves as far as free agency, as far as trading and things like that. Um, With the Thunder, on the other hand, of course, you know, we have a a cache of like draft assets. We have young players. Um, And so. We've heard everything from the Thunder going all in. You know, we've heard about them going all in. We've heard about them making moves on the fringes uh, or doing nothing altogether. Uh, so, so what is your sense of how the Thunder are going to move forward in this trade deadline? You know, the prevailing thought I keep hearing from people who I believe and people who I believe would know is that they're not going to do anything to rock the boat unless it's someone that they deem to be like the optimal fit and when the contract makes sense so like the thunder are always recognizing their geographical differences let's say than the new yorks and the la's and the miamis of the world right and i I would be shocked if oklahoma city ever traded for og on anobi like new york did you know someone who's about to i mean pascal siakam like to me that would be and look clip this and put it on Twitter and make fun of me if they go out and trade for Pascal. But like, I would just be floored if like a soon to be 30 year old unrestricted free agent is someone that uh, this team was going to snap their fingers and escalate this timeline for, for now, my definite understanding is that they're going to want to see this thing in the playoffs, just like everyone else we were just talking about before and then start to make, adjustments and assessments what to do because if the goal is championships like that's one thing to consider here a lot of teams goal is really just to make the playoffs you know like they just want to get in the picture and have a fighting shot to maybe get the second round and get some gate revenue and it's like a fun time there but like the, the teams that truly have real actual like we have the trust in our ownership to do whatever we want and whatever path we could take to win a title and win multiple titles that's a different like operating perspective. And I think those teams are the ones that 
really evaluate what happens in the postseason and in those 16 games that matter more than the 82. All this is fine and dandy. Like the Thunder, if they are, if they do end up being like Memphis and they flame out in the playoffs, like none of this matters for anything. So I think if all of a sudden you realize Josh Giddy's three point, you know, deficiencies are just something that in a postseason series, like, isn't going to be, and this is just me coming up. You can say this with any single player down the roster, you know, like if there's warts that show up, if, if Lou Dorse, the ceiling emerges as what it is, like he is not going to be someone that it's going to be anything more than what we've seen him do in the past. And like, you think there's deals out there that you could use to upgrade, like, in the, like that, those are the types of things that I think are pragmatic to wait to decide on, but also, like it makes sense to want that actual playoff sample size and measuring stick before making any big decision like that. Yeah. I think at least me personally, I think a lot of other Thunder fans have kind of come to the conclusion that that big all in move would maybe come this upcoming off season rather than, you know, like you said before, we see what this team can do in the playoffs. Um, but have you heard of any names, you know, smaller names that could be like a role player fit or just kind of add a little bit of toughness to this team? I know we need some rebounding. Like, are there any names on the smaller side that you think would be a good fit for the Thunder or that you have heard be somewhat linked to the team at some point? Uh, to be honest, like off the top of mind, and I'm not looking at my notes right now, so I might have some note from like two weeks ago, like Thunder <laughs> dash this player. Yeah. Um, but there hasn't been like a thing that I've heard repeatedly about who they're targeting. But definitely, you know, that rebounding hole, that lack. I mean, I obviously, uh, Jay Will is some, or Jay Dunn, I always get the nicknames wrong. I'm sorry, but not Sarah <laughs> right. Jalen Williams. You, you want to be giving him opportunities in these 82 games. Uh, Ken Rich can definitely play some fun small ball five. But I think, like, I mean, right now, this, the backup center marker across the league is like kind of active. That That's, a spot that I have heard Oklahoma city linked to. And those are the players like the Daniel Gaffords, the Nick Richards. Um, I don't, I'm not like directly drawing those lines being that I've heard that, but those are just like two names that are on the market that are at that position that I have heard the thunder are is like looking to fill. So before I move on to my, my next question, this is going to be like a two part question real quick. I, I know you are, you know, you're, you're in the thick of it as far as NBA rumors and hearing things around the league. Have you heard anything in regards to the investigation on Josh Giddy as far as like when it's going to end or anything like that? Look, all I'll say is that I don't think there's going to be some pu- punishment fine. Like I think this is going and this I'm probably saying more than I should be saying from like whatever, but um like I'm I'm not expecting there to be any change of playing status or whatever from I like I think this is going to end up being something not to be dismissed that's something that just like becomes like a footnote on his Wikipedia page at a certain point um that's really all I can and should say <laughs> okay so kind of related to that so are, are there any pieces on the thunder that other teams may have interest in you know guys you know ranging from role players all the way to you know, like, you know, even end of the bench players that are young players that maybe some team wants to go ahead and take their chance on. Yeah. I don't think there's like a ton that people talk about and try to go get with the Thunder because the Thunder, I remember back 
when the training camp roster cut was coming up, like there was the thought that OKC had to waive somebody and they just didn't want to waive any of their guys. Like they kind of like this group down to mm-hmm. uh, Nick Wiggins. Like there's like all they, the, like the Thunder are a team from my understanding at this point that's like, we love our guys. Like there are plenty of teams that have six guys on their roster that for whatever reason, you know, their contract isn't what they or they're not they're not performing to their contract or players not shooting anymore. Like there's plenty of situations like, oh God, I can't wait to get this guy off my squad. Mm-hmm. Like I don't the, the mm-hmm. Thunder definitely have Davis Bertanza's deal that they were looking to move in the offseason and up until the rosters got finalized that they will definitely continue to look at right now. Um, I, I would think that Trey Mann is someone who still has some appeal that being that he's not so far removed from when he entered the league. But those are the only two names that have really come up at all in terms of like potential outgoing Thunder names, like dating back to September at this point. Nobody wants Poku? Poku, Poku has kind of fallen off. I mean, when, yeah. when they were here, when they were here two Fridays ago, whenever it was in Brooklyn, there's a reporter, uh, based in New York who's from that region who was telling me like he was, he was worried Poku didn't even make the trip. I don't know if he did or not, but um, well, he's just, I mean, he's that out of the picture, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a shame. I, I was a big Poku believer at one point, but yeah, not a lot going on on that front. Um, we hey, look, when, already- when, you, when, you, when you throw all these darts at the dartboard and the draft, like that's part of so gonna, that's that's part of the strategy. Like you have yeah. to bake in, you have to bake in the understanding that your success rate is not going to be perfect. Yeah, and I mean, when you take a look at what kind of press he's done over the course of his time as a GM, thankfully a lot more hits than misses up to this point. So you're going to have some eventually. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of what we have for the most part. Uh, there was a question on here talking about your gut feeling, kind of how about we were going to move forward. But I know we kind of already went over that. Um, yeah. So. I guess kind of rounding things out, uh, if we were to ask you for a bold prediction for the Thunder at this trade deadline of sorts, which I know, like you said, it's kind of hard, not a lot of information about us other than, oh, bold prediction, that we get a backup center, not the boldest, but even still, just if you have any otherwise, also yeah. any league-wide bold predictions that you might have for the trade deadline, because I know there's a lot of big names that have been circulating amongst wider leagues yeah. up to this point. Yeah. Look, like there are just certain teams on every year that like that you're just not hearing. Like Brooklyn, there's not like there's nothing new about Brooklyn right mm-hmm. now. I think of another mm-hmm. team like Milwaukee. Like what's like they're 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 cap strapped. They don't have access to play with the Thunder. Are just in a different position where, like you said, they just they have plenty to play with. But it seems like they are as patient as can be, and that's why they're in this position that they're in right now. To begin with, and I think a lot of what a lot of the, the similarities we're talking about with Memphis, like a lot of the conversation and and what like brews up about what a team should do at this time period is external. It's other teams saying to me and other reporters, like, "Man, the Thunder should do this." Like, if I was the Thunder, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're stuck in the West, you're really good. Like, go for it. Why aren't you going for it? Like, people were saying that about Memphis every single, you know, deadline the last two, three years. And people are like, look what happened with Memphis now. Like they should have done, you know, that type of stuff. So mm-hmm. it's okay that they're not doing it. Like they won't be the only team. I, I mean, most, yeah. not most, but there's going to be a good, a good cohort of the league that just holds their cards because 
these transaction cycles are always happening with another one six months coming after that. You know, the draft will be here before you know it with the, with the free agency right behind that. And there's like the Pistons Wizards deal that just happened was definitely with a lot of ramifications for this offseason, much as you know, the Pistons mm-hmm. want to get better right now. So, yeah. Um, along those lines, like I think my bold prediction is that there's not going to be like, major major names move i think we'll see pascal siakam i think we'll see Dejounte murray but i i just think that this is going to be a deadline full of you know a first round pick for a sixth man type stuff you know mm-hmm. i think it's going to be you know malcolm brogdon going somewhere and ties jones going somewhere and mm-hmm. we trading pj tucker so he gets bought out like i don't think it's going to be like last year was crazy Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and the year before that with Tyrese and stuff. But like, I just, I don't see like franchise altering changes coming down the pipeline. Like even those big names we just talked about, Pascal and Trey, like the Raptors just made a move that brought them back two starters. They had their franchise centerpiece. Mm-hmm. The Hawks are, you know, Trey Young's team with Jalen Johnson coming up with behind him. Like, I don't think either of those deals would be like, okay, now this team's going into a rebuild or, okay, now this team is a, con- a contender in the West with or East with either of those teams, with either of those players like coming in. I don't think they're swinging the title race. So yeah. mm-hmm. there'll be a lot to talk about. There'll be a lot to write about, but I'm going to uh, temper expectations that this is going to be like, there could be a lot of activity for sure, but I don't think any name that gets moved is going to be like a real home run hitter. It almost sounds like the uh, the new CBA is you know is kind of showing its head now in in as far as this year's trade deadline. It's partially that there's, there's got to be some ramifications to it. I think it's also just the largest factor being the play-in tournament gives so mm-hmm. many teams hope, especially now that Miami you know lost the game in the play-in tournament and still made the finals. All these teams want to win, and the lack of sellers though like there's no orlando from 2021 that had nick vucevic and aaron gordon and evan fournier all still in their primes like available mm-hmm. you know, all those guys got traded and ended up signing massive contracts after that like they're just there isn't that type of situation right even washington like it's Kyle, if, if, if the thunder traded for kyle kuzma i'm just throwing like i don't think thunder fans are going to be you know rubbing their palm like oh wow we got Kuz, you know not, not, yeah. he's a player but i just I don't think there's any like there's just not that much juice right now because there's no real seller that has actual players available that teams are willing to give up on because all these teams think they still have a, cha- a chance themselves. Yeah, and I guess the play in tournament is is working, you know. I guess I guess that is that is the uh the purpose yeah. of it. Uh but hey Jake, I don't want to take any more of your time. Um I will I will cede the floor to you if you want to go ahead and plug anything, go right ahead, yeah. man. Thank you guys again for the hospitality and uh, yeah, definitely keep us in your, in your Apple or Spotify podcast feed up all don't lie from Yahoo. We'll be writing a bunch of trade deadline stuff and other features from here through February 8th and the rest of the year. And yeah, my book is still out built to lose how the NBA is tanking era change league forever. And I would like to not have to sell that anymore. So um, buy a copy and then I'll stop talking about it. <laughs> But but hey, like for real, go ahead and buy a copy because as we've seen, like when this book first came out, the Thunder were just starting their rebuild. And where they're at now, you kind of see the the progression and how 
you know, the, this type of rebuild and this type of tanking works to the benefit of some teams and to the detriment of other teams. And so I do think that it is very apropos, for, especially for fans of our team, to read that book with the hindsight that it started at the beginning of the of the rebuild and to where it is now. So I do think it is a good read for, you know, for our fans and for people like that. Appreciate you guys. But definitely, Jake, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it, man. Um, as always, you know, we're going to go ahead and end the podcast here. So God bless. Hoop when you can. And as always, thunder up. Thunder up. Come on, Jake. Thunder I know up. you got to. Yeah, hey, we'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you very much. See y'all. Appreciate it, Jake. Take, take care, care. Man. Yeah, Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm right in and out. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.